0: That's what I think success has always been is, you know, it's the intersection of of a bit of luck and hard work that creates opportunities. And you just have to keep fighting, keep pitching your story and have nothing but faith and commitment that you'll figure it out.
1: Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, a podcast where I talk to founders and investors and retailers about what it takes to launch successful brands. From developing a compelling proposition and brand identity to raising capital, to getting distribution, and more. My name is Christy Bridges, and I'm a marketing expert with tons of experience and a true love for all things health and wellness. All right, everyone, welcome to the latest episode of The Irresistible Factor. Today, I am excited to be interviewing Rick Gillis, who is the president of the Tinley Beverage Company, and he is sitting in their warehouse right now in Long Beach, California. So I'm really excited to chat with you about both of your brands. I know you have two brands that fall under your leadership. One's called Tinley, and the other is called Beckett's. And so, would you just give us a little bit of background, Rick, on both of those as soon as you say hi to our listeners?
0: I will indeed. And Christy, thank you very much for letting me participate in your awesome podcast today. And-
2: Really Good excited to up.
0: talk to you yeah. and, and everyone else about what's happening here at the Tindley Beverage Company. So, awesome. you know, first, a bit about me. I mean, beverage has been pretty much my career. For goodness, I hate to age myself here, but I've been doing drinks for a long time. So my career has spanned, goodness, 25 years in the soft drink arena. So I spent nine years with Pepsi Bottling Group and then spent 16 years with Coca-Cola Enterprises. The largest manufacturer, bottler, distributor, sales for the Coca-Cola company. I did uh, get recruited to join the dairy industry, so I spent five years in that space, primarily with Dean Foods over in the Southeast. My time with Coke was both in the San Francisco Bay Area and in Texas, at one point leading the Southwest for CCE. And my time with Pepsi was all in Southern California, but so basically, 25 years in soft drinks, five years in dairy, and then I got recruited to run a large wine and spirit wholesaler on the West Coast. I did that for five years until I stumbled upon a meeting with the current founder and CEO of the Tinley Beverage Company. And he was out in California pitching a hemp extract product back in 2017. And that's how Jeff Maser and I met and he shared with me his vision around entering the cannabis industry. So I joined the cannabis industry about two and a half years ago, leading the Tinley Beverage Company for our US business. And that requires a bit of an explanation because as we all know, cannabis is a very exciting industry today. While it's not been descheduled at the federal level, there's a whole lot happening across all the states. And as we sit today, 35 states are legal for medicinal cannabis use, and we have now 15 that are fully legal for adult recreation. We all remember back in 2016, Colorado was the first Mm -hmm. uh, to become legalized, and then California followed in 2018. But now the recent news is that both New York and New Mexico have just approved adult use legalization. So there's clearly a path towards yes. the scheduling at the federal level. But I joined because it's a kind of a groundbreaking opportunity, frankly, for the beverage segment in cannabis. For sure. I mean, when you say the word cannabis or marijuana, nobody really thinks of drinking it. They think right. of smoking it or eating it. And frankly, that was the biggest challenge for drinks. You know, science. the The molecule is not water soluble. Or wasn't water soluble. It's fat soluble. So that's why, you know, smoking is a great way to enjoy a cannabis experience and edibles because it's fat soluble. Basically, you cook a brownie, a gummy bear, a chocolate, a cookie, and there you have it. You can actually enjoy a cannabis experience. But it wasn't only a few years ago that some PhDs entered the space and found a way to solubilize the THC molecule. And frankly, all the cannabinoids. So now that was a gateway for beverages to be possible in a cannabis way. So through nanotechnology, you can now have great tasting, fast acting. And by that, I mean that the molecule is is bioavailable and it acts just like alcohol. So now if you drink a cannabis beverage, you know, a quick pass through the liver into the bloodstream, it's the brain barrier and usually within about 15 minutes, at least with our beverages, with the type of nano-encapsulated emulsion we use, you can be in an onset in about 15, 20 minutes. And it lasts about an hour, hour and a half with a nice gradual offset. So here we are in California, You know, I don't know, the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world. It's the number one cannabis market in the world, and it also happens to be a very big beverage innovation and consumption market in the world. Mm -hmm. So what better place for our company to launch our beverages, and if yeah. you go to our website, Tenley, you see that we're basically emulating an alcohol style for our drinks, even though alcohol and cannabis are illegal, they cannot be together in, in manufacturing, distribution, or retail. We think it's a great platform with which to draft consumers, frankly, new, as we call them, canna-curious consumers, To the cannabis industry and a style that they find socially acceptable. I mean, smoking, whether it's cigarettes or joints, isn't considered socially acceptable. You can't smoke in airplanes, hotels, restaurants. But drinking is something that is a very kind of a social engaging environment. And that's where we see a great opportunity to exploit a very fast growing industry in a style, a form, a function that people find very acceptable and frankly enjoyable. So, you know. Frankly, beverage alcohol is a $260 billion business that has always thrived on the fact that it's a great social platform for people to be together. But you really aren't supposed to drink for an onset because alcohol isn't something you want to drink too much of. Who wants a headache, a hangover? You know, There can be some potential downsides there. Whereas in a cannabis beverage, you're actually drinking for an onset and it's a very enjoyable one. So all of our drinks are infused with sativa terpenes, which gives you a euphoric kind of a nice body chill high. Nothing demonstrative. I mean, and we microdose at five milligrams per serving. and California, a standard serving is 10 milligrams. So we find that the can of curious really wants an elevated, you know, drinking experience, but something where they can still maintain control. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's what you want in a, a social yes. environment. So anyway, that's a, a nice... Platform for how we launched Tinley beverages. And we used the number one cocktail in America to do that. And we launched a margarita about almost three years ago now in 2018. And we've extended that line with a Moscow Mule, with a gin and tonic and a Paloma. And then we also launched our non carbonated elixirs that are really four call it an elevated cannabis infused mocktail experience. So we've launched a drink similar to Amaretto, to cinnamon whiskey, to coconut rum, and also to uh Kahlua, a coffee flavored type beverage. But anyway, that's that's a little bit of a setup to Tinley and I'm happy to you Yeah, know, let answer me ask you questions. a question.
1: So where can now now you can only get Tinley in California right now, is that correct?
0: Yeah. So you know we don't anticipate interstate commerce being available until perhaps when it's descheduled at the federal level. Maybe the the mm-hmm. Moore Act, which is currently, you know, an active bill in Congress. It's the marijuana opportunity reinvestment and expungement act. I mean that could actually serve to do a couple of things. One, move cannabis from a Schedule One Illegal Substance in the Controlled Substance Act to a Schedule 3. That could open up the door for lots of research and study. And it's also intended to start moving forward in the decriminalization of cannabis. Mm -hmm. It's really disappointing that a lot of folks have served time and are currently serving Mm -hmm. time. It's a felony. It's very difficult to reenter the workplace. So, you know, in our very challenging environment in our country around, you know, racial inequality, social injustice, there's a pretty good possibility that that could find its way through Congress. You've also got the Safe Banking Act that we're encouraged that could, you know, move us to a place where cannabis stocks like ours, I mean, we've been publicly held for, oh gosh, over five years now. Uh, We trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange and on the OTCQX. But it's difficult for, you know, for the U.S., you know, companies that are you know, following federal guidelines to really engage in, in cannabis companies. But that could be a big gateway for a company like ours where mm-hmm. private equity, institutional investors yep. and, and the capital markets to really engage. But there's a lot happening on the legislative front. You know, if you've got Mexico that is, is soon to uh, legalize adult rec, Canada already did. So we're kind of sandwiched in between. But yeah. back to your question, I, I wish we could ship out of Long Beach because We've established a facility here that's intended to help build the category. So we're a contract manufacturer for cannabis-infused beverages. We're licensed to do so. And you can see behind me, we've got a state-of-the-art automated bottling line. In front of me is our state-of-the-art mini line to do little two-ounce, three-ounce shot products. And over to the, the left. On the other side of the bottling line, we'll have a can line up and running uh, very soon in addition to a tunnel pasteurizer, which really opens up opportunities for us to produce products like dealkalized cannabis-infused beer, products with clean ingredients that don't use preservatives. So this facility has been set up to embrace any and all beverage types, really with the exception of cold chain required products, but, you know, we literally have kind of built the church for Easter Sunday, as I say. I was, that's what
1: it sounds like. Yeah,
0: but we could literally supply beverages for the entire U.S. out of the Long Beach facility. So we, you know, put a stake in the ground on something that can well supply California, but as more states unfold and as, you know, we are on a path towards descheduling, this facility becomes strategically important, you know, to the category and and to the country.
1: So you can't, move product to other states and sell there could you make product in other states and sell there
0: oh for sure yeah Yeah. for in fact all the states whether they're medicinally approved for cannabis or whether Mm -hmm. they're you know adult recreation approved we would be more inclined to go towards states that are legal for both medicinal and and recreational use but we would have to set up another beverage right. manufacturing infrastructure to be able to launch in those states. So we'll be while there are some other lines that exist in in the other 14 states and soon to be New York and New Mexico and potentially Virginia. I mean there's a lot of things happening in other states. I mean you've got, you know, Pennsylvania talking about it, New Jersey uh, legalized as well. They're not up and running mm-hmm. yet, but We would have to do that, but we're looking more for reciprocal type arrangements where Uh you know manufacturing exists, where we could help support a a launch in California in return for a launch of our Tinley strengths in other states.
1: That makes so much sense. I mean, it's a really interesting and exciting product idea. Like it's a cool idea, and it's amazing you've been able to do it so that it works in beverages and. I don't know. It's like a whole new world of, you know, a whole new world of experiences in a way, you know, because there was only one, oh, yes. there's only one thing to do. You go to a bar, you get, you drink.
0: Yeah. And, and now then... you can't ask for a cannabis beverage yet. I oh. think in our lifetime, that's going to be uh, potentially possible as this yeah. unfolds. But yeah, there, there's a lot of work to be done in that arena, but I'll tell you, we're off to an amazing start. And beverages, while they're a small part of the cannabis industry, the growth has been exceptional. And in fact, you know, COVID has certainly actually acted as an accelerator for the beverage category because consumers are looking for alternatives to smoking and, you know, beverages provide a great gateway there. And and the fact that they're fast acting and it provides a gateway to a social setting yeah it really is an exciting time for drinks. I actually see the beverage category in California growing to a ten share we're We're hovering around two three right now, depending on the data set you look at. But you know California will be a five billion dollar cannabis industry over the next twelve to eighteen months wow and if uh if drinks can garner a ten share, I mean you can do the math. It's about a four hundred and fifty to five hundred million dollar category in all types, so you've got This amazing cannabis plant that for any beverage I've ever sold has not been able to do what cannabis can. We can actually provide consumers both a health and wellness platform of that. And we can supply a recreational. And in some cases, depending on the type of health and wellness condition you're dealing with, you know, emerging of the two, a blend of THC and other cannabinoids can you know, help with things like sleep or back pain.
1: Exactly. Or just
0: a chilling effect. Or if you just want a nice little recreational buzz, it's actually fascinating that this plant can deliver, you know, both wellness and recreation. Yes. And then you've got within that, you've got the whole science around terpenes and how that can shape the type of psychoactive experience. I mean, we've, we're making drinks here for clients that are both you know, high dose, 100 milligrams of THC in a two-ounce serving, wow. and then we've got a number of folks that are similar to our style, where they're looking more for the the kind of curious people that want a microdose, and that's becoming mm-hmm. a very popular term.
1: It definitely cannabis,
0: is. and it's and it's providing a great recruitment strategy for people to come in because it can be a bit intimidating, yeah. particularly as you walk into a dispensary and you've never been in one before, and there's all these different forms and functions, and it's a very educational kind of a concierge shopping experience today. But, you know, for us, when we think about drinks, we've always kind of thought about the three barriers. One was science and the fact that, you know, the molecules can be solubilized is a beautiful opportunity with which to innovate and expand in all kinds of ways, limitless possibilities for beverages. But the biggest challenge for drinks is that the infrastructure to actually manufacture. While there's billions of dollars of beverage manufacturing infrastructure across the country, uh, the fact that it's federal legal means there's a lot of companies that really can't engage in cannabis. Yeah, And we've set up that infrastructure here in California. So it's incredible the type of interest and client engagements that we're involved in right now. And drinks, everything from, you know, seltzer style, you know, yeah. soft drink style teas combinations, dealk beers, dealk wines. There's all kinds of strategies, and it's very exciting for us to really be embracing all these different opportunities and all different pack sizes and dosing strategies. So, it, we're at the very beginning of something that's only going to become more. I
2: and I think the social agree.
0: acceptability platform that beverages bring will further serve to kind of destigmify the fact that cannabis still has a bit of a paradigm shift happening, you know, depending on how you think about it, you know, what era you grew up in, you know, a lot of our opinions have been shaped. And I think beverages can go a long way in starting to kind of rebalance the fact that this is an amazing plant that it for so many years has been so misunderstood. But
1: I totally agree. It's so cool. And you're so at the very beginning of it. I mean, it's amazing. Just yeah. the chatter that happened two years ago when it started to get legalized in a lot of places and people were sort of like, I don't like, they were nervous and they didn't know. And now the chatter I'm hearing is so different and there's so much wellness talk about it aside from the fact that it's awesome that you could go get a drink at a bar and you don't have to drink alcohol. That's a cool idea. But the idea that it also has some wellness benefits. And I mean, the truth is alcohol doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, maybe a glass of red wine at night has some benefits, but drinking is, you know, there's a lot of sugar and there's a lot of bad things too. And so I love this idea. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how people respond to it. And I hope it happens soon because I think it's fascinating.
0: It's it's coming to a state near you. Definitely. But you know, but we, those, all those, those consumer. Need states are important to us. I mean, all of our beverages are vegan. They're gluten free. They're all natural. No artificial coloring. All of our drinks are are kosher. All of our facilities, and this is our third phase of our manufacturing, have all gone through the kosherization process. So that is a really important platform for us, particularly with both Jews and Muslims that, you know, follow similar dietary guidelines. And they, you know, apparently they shouldn't be drinking alcohol. So, Right. Right. Solution there. Exactly. So on the cannabis side. Yeah, something else I didn't even think
1: about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the cannabis side of the business, you know, we're at the very beginning of something that's going to organically grow, you know, day after day, week after week, month and year after year. And as we accelerate toward this path of descheduling at the federal level, you know, the new administration, I think in many ways will serve to accelerate that. Yeah. For all, for a lot of good reasons too, but you know, we're excited about what we've done to make beverages possible,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: particularly in California, where it's a very cannabis friendly place and people like to drink here. So our style around, you know, drafting off of alcohol inspired cocktails and elixirs, we're excited about and we've got so many drink styles and, and versions that are on the way, things I can't share necessarily. I mean, we are publicly held, but. The other exciting thing that that we discovered on, on the way is the fact that we're allowed to make batches of our products, of course, using the same bottles and labels, but with no cannabis. Mm-hmm. And it allows us in dispensaries in California to actually give people samples. Now, we haven't done a lot of that here over the past year for obvious reasons around COVID. But, you know, prior to that, that was a great way for us to expose yeah. consumers that were in dispensaries yeah, and yeah. it was really an unintended consequence that when people were drinking a our Virgin Stone Daisy Margarita, the people were asking me, where could they buy those? Because yeah. they basically stopped drinking alcohol and they're not necessarily daily cannabis users, but they were like, oh my God, I would love to take this to a party and yeah. have a margarita or a Moscow Mule, but not have to worry about having any alcohol. And that led us to an innovation that we had never actually thought we would do, and that was launch a mainstream product. But the same formulas that we use on our cannabis drinks, so they're the same vegan, gluten-free, all-natural, and artificial coloring kosher, led us to launch Beckett's on a national platform for people that are sober curious. And we like to define that as folks that are drinking less alcohol, less potent, like lower ABV, alcoholic products. And then in some cases, people aren't drinking at all. So Dry mm-hmm. January is always an mm-hmm. exciting month for people to kind of take a month off. There's Dry July, there's Sober October, there's no beer for a year. There's a lot of different, <laughs> you know, exciting consumer-driven initiatives. Now you've got all these mocktail bars opening up, Sans Alcohol. In every major city across the country, there, folks are actually opening up bars that don't serve alcohol, but are Also providing an elevated, you know, mocktail experience. And so we launched Beckett's and are addressing this sober, curious consumer trend. I mean, if you look at the category worldwide, it's actually $18 billion. Now it's tiny compared to the $260 billion alcohol category, but it's growing at around 40 to 50%. And, you know, look no further than the Heineken. Campaign. I think they're spending north of 50 million on the Heineken zero zero. Yeah. So, and I like to use that as an example because, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago, if I would have walked into a, a party with a D.O. beer, I, I think O'Dool's launched a while back. You, you probably would have been looked at a yep. little bit funny, like yep. maybe you had a drinking problem. Yep. But yep. in today's world, again, as generations go by, you probably would be looked at a whole lot differently today yep. where people would go, Oh my goodness, I saw that spot. Yeah. You know, cause the technology around D.A.L.C. beers has gone light yeah. years ahead and they taste amazing. They're low calorie or no calorie. And then you've got non-alcoholic wines that are growing at an accelerated rate. And then here we enter with, you know, a non-alcoholic kind of pre-made cocktail and yeah. elixir. That kind of rounds out the whole destination for a Bev Out platform. So yeah. we launched in Bevmo first in California. We were, got authorized in all the uh, the Ralphs, which is the largest division for Kroger. We've got a very vibrant e-commerce business. We're opening up Texas, Tennessee, and Utah over the next couple of months. But you know that's one that is going to grow organically as well as on-premise, you know, is reopening as COVID yeah, yeah. begins to go into a different phase, that bars and restaurants. So, you know, think about a more enhanced non-alcoholic section on the drinks menu that is uh, a little bit different than what it looks like today, but with, you know, an elevated experience with a, you know, a non-alcoholic, high-quality, you know, premium drink. So, you know, we're bridging between Sober Curious and Canter Curious on yeah, our two interesting. drink lines. And then here we sit in a, uh, a beautiful manufacturing facility dedicated to cannabis drinks.
1: So, can I ask you a question about was that gets your answer to how are we going to sustain this business while we're waiting for the federal legalization or whatever your what I can't remember the word that you're using. Yeah, Is descheduling, that, descheduling. No, yes.
0: I, yeah, Chrissy, not necessarily. I mean, this for us was a, an opportunity that was born out of you know, a proof of concept that was happening that we didn't actually understand until we were doing all these sampling efforts up and down the state with our, you know, non-alcoholic, because again, cannabis and alcohol can't be together, our non-alcoholic drinks, but with no THC in them. And everywhere we sampled them, everybody was excited about these going, my goodness, this tastes just like an alcoholic drink. And why don't you guys sell these? And that basically led us to it was an unintended consequence, to be frank. But now we see it as a huge opportunity that doesn't come with the challenges of, of either an alcohol or a cannabis drink that we could ship all over the world. I mean, we're getting interest from all kinds of places, from Australia, from the UK, Mm -hmm. from Mexico. I mean, we're onto something here. But again, it's very small and we're going to grow it carefully and organically. But what we have in terms of, of contract manufacturing with an unbelievable amount of clients that we've already announced and many more that were in the you know, the evaluation phase right now during our intake process, our own beverages. I mean, California is a massive state and we haven't even scratched the surface mm-hmm. just with our cannabis drinks. Again, we can only go through dispensaries or online direct-to-consumer fulfillment. But there's about, you know, six to 700 shops now in the state. Yeah. But I'll tell you that, you know, we've got tremendous amounts of opportunity in front of us just to build, you know, the cannabis beverage space. And for us, the role we play in providing the scale manufacturing. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Beckett's is icing on the cake for us. But it's an exciting proposition. But, you know, it's a great time to be in both of these businesses because they're new, they're exciting, and and they have limitless growth and potential.
1: And just give me a really quick, I know we're running out of time, but I want to hear one or two challenges that you guys are faced with as you're waiting for I mean, you're not really waiting because you've got two things going on. So it's kind of interesting. But as you're waiting on tin leads to be able to really expand, what are the challenges that that sort of brings up for
0: you? Well, I mean, as I talk about you know challenges for cannabis-infused beverages, I mean, the science was the first one. And we like to check that box because Mm -hmm. innovation and technology that's evolving around nanotechnology and emulsion, emulsifications. They're just scratching the surface on what's possible in enhancing that that experience, whether it's a health and wellness platform or a a recreational one. That problem was solved, and we're excited about all the the new science that's happening. Yes. second challenge that we were, of course, worried about when when our founder came to California with a margarita recipe and a backpack, he couldn't find really anybody to the quality that he was used to, to make the drinks, and we alone satisfied that and we raised Mm -hmm. additional capital. I mean we're debt free, we're in a very strong financial position. But the third challenge, as I mentioned earlier, we can only access the consumer. It's a bit like an hourglass. So with that little neck in between trying to get to the consumer, the adult twenty one and above that can buy these drinks, Mm -hmm. it's difficult when you're going through a dispensary model which not all municipalities, you know, have Legalized, you know, the sale of cannabis in California. So now every house in the state can receive a delivery. So we're balancing, you know, that access to the consumer through, you know, the Amazon type model. And there's Mm -hmm. lots of companies that offer that. Lots of dispensaries deliver to your door. But that's the biggest challenge that we face is just gaining access to consumers so that they can enjoy these and try them. So yeah. it's it's it'd be different if we could be available in every liquor store yeah. and restaurant across the state. The cannabis beverages would probably be a heck of a lot bigger than they are today. So yeah. that work, that's it's you know, there's a lot of what I like to say, pick and shovel work that we have to do. There's a lot of important events that we attend in the cannabis industry so that we do gain that access. Yeah. Uh, but our social media platform are you know, the digital marketing we do to support the brand growth, that would be one of the biggest barriers for us is just gaining that awareness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a drink at a time. It's a person at a time Mm -hmm. that are are kind of telling their own stories. And that, you know, as we all know, word of mouth matters significantly to any new brand. But there's a lot of reasons to believe that, that beverages, particularly on the cannabis side, have nothing but a bright future. You know, oh, yeah. We're already looking at expanding to, uh, to other states. I mean, we're in numerous conversations. People have heard about our beverages. They've heard about our manufacturing IP. I mean, you would be shocked and blown away at the standard that we've created for the beverage category in cannabis. I mean, nothing but supreme quality and good manufacturing practice, things that we come to expect out of any type beverage that we buy and consume today. But, you know, on the Beckett side, same deal. That's another organic growth story. But, you know, the company is well positioned, well backed. We have no problem raising additional capital for what we're up to here. But we're excited about where we're at, Christy, and we know the best we get to come.
1: That's exciting. Well, I really appreciate all of the things that you already talked about. I just want to ask you one more thing. Is there any advice you have to give to up-and-coming entrepreneurs or people who are trying to make something happen, but it's not going fast enough for them? And it can't be wake up at 3.45 in the morning and get an extra day on everyone. (laughs) I wouldn't encourage that.
0: (laughs) Not at all. I drink plenty of coffee. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's one of the things I I love about our founder. I mean, he's a serial entrepreneur and, and it's all about the idea. I mean, and the idea for our company, you know, because he's a guy that has always enjoyed cannabis, but not a fan of alcohol.
2: Mm -hmm. Say, hey, I
0: love the taste of these drinks. And, you know, he was a big uh, guy in Toronto working the capital markets, you know, and he'd be hanging out with, you know, stockbrokers at the end of the market. And, you know, invariably you end up at a bar and and you're you're drinking and uh, you go, geez, really don't like what this drink does to me. Yep. But I love the taste. And that was the light bulb that went off. He we yep. said, wouldn't it be cool if you could have the same great tasting cocktail without the downsides of alcohol, yep. but the upsides of cannabis? And mm-hmm. voila, that was the, the genesis of the company. And it's done nothing but evolve from that simple idea about drafting off a $260 billion business. But let me tell you, startups are not easy. Uh, There isn't anybody that wouldn't tell you that launching a company based on an idea that's yet to be fulfilled takes a lot of courage, but it takes, you know, hard work. And that's what I think success has always been is, you know, it's the intersection of, of a bit of luck and hard work that creates opportunities. And you just have to keep fighting, keep pitching your story and have nothing but faith and commitment that you'll figure it out, right? I mean, success is born out of failure. We've had incredible successes, but we've also stumbled. And every time we've stumbled, we've got up, we've dusted ourselves off, and we've figured out a better way to do it. I mean, just the science and the, the experiments that we've done around our drinks and the things that have worked and that haven't, we've gotten to a place where we've gathered an incredible amount of intellectual property just in this category, in manufacturing and discovering ways to access the consumer. I mean, you have to be creative. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not easy, but you stay with it, you stick with it, and you'll find a way to win.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Well, that's good advice for me, too. I'm happy to hear things like that. It's one of the reasons I love these podcast interviews, because I get inspired every single time. So thank you for that. Oh, really uh,
0: You're it. very kind. And it's been an I mean awesome it. opportunity. I, I yeah. genuinely appreciate that. And awesome. uh, yeah, we've got a story to tell over here. at the Tindley You Becker sure do. You sure if You know, anybody that wants to launch a cannabis drink or wants to, you know, help support us on our Beckett's rollout to inspire and elevate the non-alcoholic experience. Again, we're a company that bridges between sober and canna-curious. I love it. And in California, we're a pretty big economy here. We love making drinks for other people too. So awesome.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to The Irresistible Factor. I'm Christy Bridges, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday.